This podcast today is presented by Anchor. Anchor is a free app that allows you to record, edit, and share your podcast to your audience on your iPhone, tablet, or computer. If you want to start a podcast, Anchor is the way to go. Without further ado, let's get to the episode. going on sports fans welcome to the first ever episode of the sports bible podcast my name is richie and i'm joined here by rob and we're going to be um tackling some nba topics today a lot of news some news just surfaced in regarding the portland trailblazers gm so uh, say hello to the crowd rob going on guys yeah so um busy day in basketball it's kind of in full swing now baseball's over lockout you know we're not going to get into that today but um First thing we were going to hit on today was, um, well, actually, first, let's introduce ourselves, you know. So, uh, Rob, introduce yourself. What's going on, guys? I'm an NBA writer. I'm in my last semester at Kane. Rich goes to Kane as well. I, uh, I'm a writer hour for the newspaper. I'm an NBA blogger on social media. Um, I just... <laughs> applied for a job for college basketball so we'll see where that goes um i have my own podcast called bleeding looking to get more work out for that uh, i write for the heat for fansite for boston page and yeah sports man what about you yeah well my name's richie i am from new jersey and um I've always liked to do podcasting and stuff like this. I write a blog for InsideTheHashes.com and for SportsLibrary.com. You can check those out online for any type of sports news. I am also a senior in college and just hoping this can grow and we can have some fun, interact with some the listeners and see where it goes, you know. You got to start somewhere, right? Absolutely. All right, so... um. First topic today is um, Suns Warriors. They played a game, I believe it was Tuesday night, where the Suns won in a pretty, in a pretty dominating fashion. I feel like, like the score might have not dictated that, but the game just felt like it was going the Suns' way the entire time. Yeah, and like, you know, we saw the beginning of it. We thought it would be, knowing it'd be a doubleheader. We thought it could be a split. You know, Suns were home. Now it's in. I wanted to say Oracle. Uh, what's the word? Chase Center. Um, and, I mean, I got to be honest with you. The Warriors are my best team in the league, and I they're my pick to win it all. We saw how the Suns did. They're probably a top three team in the league. A complete roster. Chris Paul is playing like an MVP. DeAndre Ayton continues to progress in his contract year. Booker, hamstring injury right now, but he'll be back. They got – Bridges, I saw a lot of people saying, like, hey, let's not, you know, Curry never shoots four for 21. Like, let's credit the elite defense from Macau. Jay Crowder hits his shots. Johnson hits big shots. Um, You know, Steph, in my opinion, is arguably the best player in the league today, and I'm starting to believe to be of the generation. He's averaging almost 28, five boards, six assists. 
shooting 45, 41, 94. Uh, you know, they're first in assists at 29. They're first in steals at almost 10. They're second in points. They're seventh in field goals. First in threes at 15, and I didn't even say this yet. Clay Thompson is in the G League for the Santa Cruz Warriors right now, making his return soon. First G League super team. Just imagine where the fit. It should be more when he comes back. Um, they're first in defense. They're only allowing 100 points. I, myself, maybe one of the best Draymond – or one of the biggest green fans in the world. Eight points, eight boards. Averages almost eight assists as well. He shoots 55. He's only shooting 31 from the outside how he shot last year with how he had to restructure his core and stuff like stands out for him and pretty sure in the beginning of the year he was close to Ford uh Jordan Poole obviously standout year could be a most improved player candidate 18 and a half we'll see where he goes when Clay comes back me and you talked about this the other day you know will he be the sixth man will Wiggins be the sixth man could Wiggins potentially play the four could Draymond slide at the five. 18 and a half for Jordan Poole. Five and a half from the field. 47 from three in his last five games. So, yeah, I love the Warriors. And even, I mean, everyone knows I'm a Celtic fan. So, back in the day when Cleveland would beat us, when LeBron would beat us, when Steph's greatness first began to rise and he really began to give the world notice, I was all in rooting for him and appreciated they're basically beautiful art of basketball, how they did on both ends. Uh, not to get, you know, too into them, but I've always been a fan of Steve Kerr as well. Always got the talent. He's not that great of a coach, but like we saw where his best mind and career has been with the Bulls, with the Spurs, with the Suns. And yeah, it's just another person who just lives the game and just is super intelligent, and I'm super happy for that team, and I can't wait to see where that goes as the season goes on. Yeah, the um the point you made that I think stands out with the Warriors is the fact that they're the best defensive team in the league. Like, we all know they can score, but if you can stop people too, then you're hard to beat, and obviously they have, what, three losses now? So... You have to catch them when Steph's at his worst, and that's what the Suns did, and they took advantage of it, even without Devin Booker. Yep. But um, also a point that I, I'm seeing right here is that they have the best point differential in the league. They're averaging a margin of victory of 12.6, which is it, – it's it's not as, like, steep as um it used to be, like when defense was more prevalent and less foul yeah. calls were being made, even though fouls are turning back that way. Mm-hmm. But to win by an average of more than ten points a game is just—it just shows how they can kind of not cruise, but like just dominate and just yep. like make it look easy. Because it, like you watch them, it like it looks so easy. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I saw on Sports Center the other day that they were on like a consecutive game streak of like beating opponents by double digits. And yeah, you're right. It's the defense. It's the activity. It's push the pace and. It's like people look at Draymond and like laugh and call him washed and like yeah. eight and eight like this. And I mean, eight, eight, eight is awesome to me, but like eight and eight isn't going to stand out 
to you a lot, but it's the way it's off and on the court. It's the way he's a leader. It's the way he communicates to his teammates. It's the way he designs plays, or I shouldn't say designs plays, the way he creates plays for others and the way, you know, he ignites his teammates, the Jordan pools, the way he sets up guys. He's a screener. I'm pretty sure he called himself one of the best screen setters of all time. And it's a weird thing to uh, be proud of, but <laughs> I I might agree with him when he says he's the best defender of all time. And yeah, I mean you have to have that mindset. Absolutely, you, right you are. And um, with like, let's give the Suns some love too. Like they won this game and tonight's they're 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 fourth in points. Mm-hmm. And I think let me check their de- yeah they're sixth in defense. So they're almost as good, if not better. Some will argue, but. I think them two are at the top. I, I'm, I was high on the Lakers early. Ah, I'm sorry. They're just, they're they're not impressive at all. They're really not. And you know, not to discredit the Suns again. Yeah, they are awesome. And Monty Williams continues to not get enough credit. And like I said, the bench, the role players, the Alfred Paytons, who even I mean, you saw him firsthand last year. But this is. That bad of a fit for this Phoenix team. And then the Landry Shamets, the Cam Johnsons, like I said, the campaigns. And, yeah, and the Lakers, they're going to continue to grow chemistry as the season goes on. Uh, You know, they got lucky with LeBron back. I forget if they lost to Sacramento the other night or not. I know, like, it wasn't going well in the beginning. I think they won in triple overtime. Okay, yeah, that is right. Um. Yeah, LeBron's back, Westbrook, AD. AD's shooting terrible from the outside. Um, yeah, he's still getting his, though. Like He's still yeah. averaging good numbers, so I wouldn't look too far into that. He does his job, and he's always there, one of the premier defenders in the league. And As a LeBron fantasy owner in two leagues, this doesn't matter. But, yeah, that was great news for me yesterday. Um, he – it's he was really starting to pick it up. I mean, the first game of the year he went off against Golden State back in October, the TNT doubleheader. Um, he showed like, okay, he's back. He, and then he still had the abdominum and uh, you know, the injuries sidelining him. And he looked like it would be like last year. He was day almost every game and like kind of still is. But his last four games, he scored, filled the sheet and. Like you said, or like we said yesterday, all he does is, you know, he, he'll give you at least 30 in the biggest of moments. And if he's healthy and like, yeah, he is, what's he, 36 now? He might be, might be 37. He's older than that, I think. Yeah, he's older than I know that, I think. his, I know his birthday is December 30th, but I think he might be, it's he, he, yeah, he's turning 37. I think he is. Yeah. And, um. Yeah, I, I mean, I've always been a big Westbrook guy. He gets his, like we said about AD. When LeBron's out, he fills the sheet, you know, translate to wins. But when you have someone who desires that over nothing else, and, like, it shows it in his game and his attitude and the way he plays leadership, it translates. And he's a great – I wrote about them on my blog a couple months ago. It's just – the transition they needed at the end of the day it sucks because there's no plan b but he's from la 
come on. I mean, you could have got Buddy Heald. You could have got the Rosen, but like, you got you had to go all in after last. Yeah, um, you um, you brought up Alfred Payton before, so we're gonna segue this into underperforming Knicks point guards. Um, <laughs> Kemba Walker. A couple uh, before the Nets game, Tom Thibodeau announced that Kemba Walker would be out of the rotation for now, and his reasoning was he wasn't playing well enough to keep starting, and he doesn't see him as a view off the bench, which I agree with. Like him, quickly, Rose, it's too small of a lineup. So my take on this situation is. I feel like it's a pretty quick leash. I mean, we're only, what, 20? The Knicks are, what, 11 and 11 now? 10 and 10? I'm not sure exactly. I think they're 11 and 11. So, they're 22 games into the season. He's averaging 11.7 points per game, shooting 41% from three, which is good. So, I don't know. I mean, does it make sense? Maybe. The Knicks haven't won since. They're 0-2. They just lost to the Bulls last night in a tough game. And... I don't know. I just feel like it's a quick leash on a guy that's established in the NBA. And yeah, I, you gotta give him more of a chance. I feel like like the Knicks are Knicks are eleven and eleven. They're not four and seventeen. I expect understand expectations were high, but you have to you have to you have to learn each other. Like this is Tibbs' first year with Kemba, so going with Burks, who's been good. It's like it's kind of a safety net in a time where you don't need a safety net necessarily. Yeah. And- yeah, I, I agree, man. Absolutely. And it's that's the question. Was this too early? And, you know, I don't have the tweet in front of me, but we saw Fred Katz or it might have been whoever tweeted it of their efficiency and their numbers as a plus minus when he was on and off the floor on both offense and defense. And before we saw that and realized, it's like you look at it and you're like, okay, well, Tibbs doesn't like his defense. That's why he's only playing 20 to 23 minutes. He doesn't play in the fourth. And that's what it is. And I listen, I'm not trying to sound like a homer at all because I love the guy and I always will. And with, with Boston last year, you know, he hasn't been consistent in about two years. He, couldn't play back-to-backs last year he uh you know I would get happy whenever he would show signs I think he averaged like 19 but the problem was is he would have games where he shot terrible like I said was never consistent and the biggest thing that I wasn't realizing when I was being hopeful for him is how much he gave up on the other end and like he him and Blake Griffin led the league in charges he could be gritty at times but like man he gets he gets eaten on that end and, yeah, you can't, you can't guard a chair. Yeah, and then towards the end of the season, the spring, uh, when Jalen Brown was out, he began to average, like, I think it was, like, 27 over, like, a span of games. And, you know, I was like, okay. And then the postseason came in Brooklyn, and he, he missed a game or two. He was nowhere to be found. And uh, everyone was like, he's got to go. I was kind of hopeful. I was thinking, like, and we'll see where this goes. And then after the playoffs, I was like, okay, yeah, you can't pay him, what, $37 million, then 43 over the next two years. He was owed 73 And kind of just like the Gordon Hayward situation, he couldn't be the highest-paid player. You have to go. I warned everyone. I said, listen, he's going to have no value with that knee. 
OKC, as I imagined, was the one team that would want to pay a price on him. They did. They knew Horford wanted to come back to Boston. He did. What a first transaction for Brad Stevens. I'm not trying to turn this into a Celtic thing at all, but it's not. I thought OKC was going to maybe revive him a bit. The Knicks, they end up buying him out. The Knicks get a homecoming. You know, they bring him in two years, 17 mil. And no one, like, really listened to me in the beginning of this or before the season. I was like, listen, they don't need to rely on him. Yeah, he can have a revival season as a starter, score a lot, and be a third, second, fourth option. But, like, they have Derrick Rose. They have Emmanuel quickly. We saw how his knee was last year. Yeah, Tibbs said he would play back-to-backs, but we saw how long that lasted. And then, in the blink of an eye, rotation. And they've always loved Burks with his defense, with his length, with his ability to score and play make. He's 6'6". He could uh, defend, obviously, 10 times better than Kemba. He could hit outside shots. And the 41% from three for him is a bit of a surprise because, like, he that's been the one downside of his game offensively. He's never been the highest percentage-wise from out there. But, yeah, it's like it could have been too small of a sample size in, what, 20 games. Maybe they should have gave him more of an opportunity, maybe start Rose or start Burks and play him off the bench. Just don't even play him that many minutes, but. I guess, like, they're searching for consistent wins and consistency in general. They should be a great defensive team. And it's like you have to play your options. And I respect Tibbs for making a decision based off what I just said. Like, it's not like you were banking on him. And I feel for him, you know. One of the nicest guys around the league. I hope something works out. Maybe – what do you think? Maybe they work out a trade or something? Uh, well, there was a report about him with the with John Wall on the Rockets, but uh, that doesn't make any sense for the Knicks. You're just getting more expensive for a guy that might be the same thing Kemba Walker is. Like we, he hasn't played in, I don't even know, I don't even remember the last time John Wall played a basketball game, and you're gonna take that risk on a guy that like, and it John Wall's in a weird situation where the Rockets, the, I don't know, the, since they. Even with James Harden, they weren't really a well-run team. And they're just kind of botching this whole John Wall situation. So I'm not – I don't want to be the team that just is the is like – you know what I'm saying. Like, I don't want to be the team that gives up – just gives them a reason to give up John Wall. Like, you don't yeah. want to – you're not going to undersell it. Kemba is still a good player. He won't be out of the rotation for the whole year. I can promise you that. And if yeah. he is, then that means the Knicks probably won like 12, 13 games in a row. So – Mm-hmm. But um, <laughs> to pivot off this, we have some breaking news. The um, Portland Trailblazers have fired Neil Olshey, who is the president of basketball operations, after a lengthy investigation into alleged workplace misconduct. So the question that I get from this, I mean, obviously, did some shady stuff behind the scenes. Is I, I respect Dame. I appreciate his loyalty. This I feel like maybe not to the level of Matthew Stafford in football, like or or maybe even Von Miller in Denver. Even though I don't think that was forced, but should should Dame request a trade? I mean, it's just 
like I'm not saying demand it and sit out like some guys do, but just formally request it. Like it's just time for both sides to move on because they're not making any progress and getting to a championship. Mm-hmm. Well, real quick, uh, regarding the Wall thing, I agree it's a hefty price, but if Wall could work out a buyout and if he was cheaper, that would be beautiful for the Knicks, in my opinion, considering like how he showed life last year. He's not a great outside shooter, but mm-hmm. I think it'd be a great fit. Hopefully, they work something out with that, like we said. But, yeah, and we kind of look at Willard as, you know, like Beal. Are you really this lo- – I yeah, we believe he's loyal, but it's like, come on, really? Like, that's the question you ask him. And it's – you know, you just look at this roster. It's never been great defensively in years, I feel like. You know, they have a back end – they have guys who contribute well. And uh, Norman Powell, Robert Covington, they got Cody Zeller now. Larry Nance is on the floor. He takes threes sometimes. Anthony Simon. Uh, Robert Covington's there, right? Yeah, he's yeah. still a great defender. 3 and D guy. Yep. Um, I think it's just time. It's not to just trade Dame, but, like, this backcourt isn't working. And McCollum continuously like proves like hey i'm that dude i may not be an all-star selection but like i'm a 20 point plus scorer i can go off for 30 any night and like i'll give you a percentage of you know do anything offensively bring up the ball like push and transition uh, he could spray and like you know we maybe haven't seen to see signs but we maybe haven't seen the real dame lillard this year but like we definitely will as the season progresses and you know as we know there maybe isn't much options out there besides Ben Simmons and uh, yeah get me started on that guy yeah and then um free agency is kind of dead this year besides Beal and like continuously dying but like you know that could be come February that could be you know somewhere should Dame get dealt should Portland my answer, I would say yes. I'm not saying Dame necessarily gets dealt, but like it's time to trade one of them. You know, I know they I, have um, interest. They did have interest in Simmons, I believe. I don't know. I don't know if you give them a column for him. Yeah, it's it's time for a fresh start for them. No matter you know draft compensation, it's just they even like in past years they they couldn't beat the best of the West. <laughs> and like I'm yeah. not even talking just. They made the final four of 2019 against Golden State. And yeah, they just could never get over the hump when they had Terry Stotts. And it's just Chauncey Phillips is there now. Foundation. I like him as a coach, but it's just, it's time to take a breather, I would say, and look elsewhere. I have a hypothetical for you because I, there's a report that the Nets are listening to trade offers of Kyrie Irving. What if you sent Lillard to the Brooklyn for Kyrie to Portland? Because Kyrie would be able to play um, because of the, the COVID vaccine requirements or, um, yeah, requirements are not the same as they are in, in uh, New York City for Portland. So, and talent-wise, I mean, pick or shoot, pick and like, close your eyes and pick one. Lillard and Kyrie <laughs> are so close in talent. And it's kind of the best of both worlds. I don't know if the Nets have the draft picks 
that um and the young talent that Portland would want back, which is why with the only which is the big reason why or major reason that it wouldn't happen. But it's a fun hypothetical to throw out there and yeah, I, I appraise I praise Lillard for being loyal. I'm not a big fan of like forcing your way out and like sitting out games to do it. Like I'm not a fan of that. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like for Lillard it's like if he can somehow win with Portland, hats off to you. And they have been competitive. Like, they were in the Western Conference Finals a couple years ago against Golden State when Golden State was in its peak years. I mean, if they're still not in their peak years. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's just, a, it's, just, it's just a rocky road in Portland. And some of it, may, it's, not, it's not Lillard's fault. I mean, a lot of the stuff yeah. that, like, people say, like, oh, he wants to be traded and stuff. A lot of fake news, and it's not really fair because the media is so much fake news, and it's it's just it puts guys in bad spots, and mm-hmm. he has to keep talking about it and talking about it and talking about it, and maybe that's reflecting on his play a little bit. We don't, we're never gonna know unless he comes out and says it. But I, I like Lillard. I would love him on the Knicks, but for the right price, I I like R.J. Barrett. I think he he's, he's he's having a rough start, but I think he'll figure it out. I like quickly. I like Toppin. I, I I don't. I'd give you draft picks, but I wouldn't mortgage my entire future for Lillard because I still don't think that gets you over the top as a Knicks team. I'm gonna be honest. I wouldn't say mortgage the whole house. Oh, I'd give you something, but I would. Yeah, but I I, would, I wouldn't yeah. give you RJ Toppin and quickly and picks. Because then you're you're just you're stripping your entire team. Yeah, I mean, I might honestly think about that considering who it is. I mean, Barrett's my only reason to why I might not do it. But like, yeah, he just he's he. I mean, he's having it. Like I said, he's having a tough year, but he just screams like really good basketball player. He might never be a star, which is fine. But I think he will be. Uh mm. I don't know. He's just very. You ever see that guy dribble? He looks. He just looks <laughs> hard. Like he, and he's struggling shooting this year, which is really hurting his points per game. I think he's averaging fourteen, which is, it's eh, it's fine, but it's, it's not superstar level. But he plays. He's gotten a lot better defensively. He's definitely gotten a lot better shooting, and we'll see. I mean, he's twenty-one years old, so he has a lot of time to grow, and. I mean, yeah, I mean, he, he'd he probably be the centerpiece in a trade for to Portland or, or yeah. quickly to top, and one of them three ha- would have to leave. I'd probably lean – I don't know, I like Obi Toppin, but I'd probably lead, lean him only for the fact that Julius Randle plays his position. Yeah. So he's kind of hamstrung in that sense. Unless you want to package, like – I don't even know. You'd have to give up three or four first-round picks, which is fine because if you're a good team, your first-round pick doesn't play a lot anyway. Yeah. And that could be that could be useful. Portland's going to want to load up on picks. Or I would, if it takes less, I would take McCollum. Be, mm-hmm. But then you, the problem is you're in the same boat. You don't have a point guard. I mean, he definitely has point guard skills. And the reason why I do it is because – you know, I'm not trying to, like, send shots at your team or anything, but, like... No, I, I'm aware. <laughs> yeah, I know you don't. But it's, um... I think it's just time for a superstar. And, like, there was some chatter a, a year ago. 
I think it was even before they became relevant last year. That was like, hey, that's the player that Leon rolled. I'm sorry, Leon Rose would love to have. And you know, it wasn't like anything serious. It was just like, yeah, like, of course, like they would look at him, you know, NBA Central, all that. And it's just, yeah, I would do it. And regarding the whole Nets and Kyrie thing, I would say it's funny because me and my friend actually have the argument between the two all the time. I think he's the better player for his leadership and like where he's taking a team. But when you talk about his skill, Kyrie is one of the most skilled players of all time easily. But it's just the reason why I don't think Portland would do the swap. It would be cool. And like it would help both teams. But like Portland wouldn't want to do it because they don't know where Kyrie's head is. Yeah, I, I he just I mean he seems like a like a smart guy and like like he has his values and his um views and that's that's fine like I respect all that I I agree with some of his views like maybe yeah. not the earth being flat view but um <laughs> that's that's your own argument to make but he's 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 just a wild card he's not he's not reliable in playing and if I'm not gonna trade you my superstar. For a guy that might not play, it's like the same reason, same reason why not a lot of teams want to trade for Ben Simmons, minus the fact who I don't think he's a very good basketball player, but he's a wild card. You have no idea like if he's going to play, and you're not going to mortgage your best player for a guy that's going to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, it's just, you know, I hope this – real quick, I hope this airs out tension for whoever thought, like, I just hated Kyrie because of the Boston thing. I don't. I love him as a human being. I love him. As oh, he used to be my favorite player. I mean, I, yeah. I kind of moved off that because, like, Knicks became relevant again, so I started liking guys in the Knicks. Yeah, and whoever wants to, like, believe, like, Rob's just a homer, like, Rob watches his highlights all the time, and Rob loves his art of the game, and he makes it look beautiful. And it's like, yeah, the only thing I don't like is his leadership on the court and, you know, the way he – talks to the media a lot of times and the Boston thing it's like obviously I'm a fan so it's like yeah you say you want to stay and you love it and you're gonna leave obviously we're gonna boo you yeah I mean, a lot of um a lot of up. I was just gonna say he stepped on the logo I just <laughs> I well, didn't see like the need for it it's just like dude now you're gonna get booed yeah well I get that but a lot of people don't like him because he's honest and yep he doesn't put on that fake, that fake shield when he meets the press and says, "Oh, we we won as a team, we lose as a team." Oh, like we just gotta look at the tape. He doesn't give you that like cliche answer. He he's real, and I appreciate that because you know he's never gonna tell you fluff. He's going to tell you how it is and how he feels. You may not always like it, but you don't have to. It's his opinion, just like just like when a fan tweets at him. I mean, it's a little less professional, but. <laughs> You don't have to agree with it, but it's your opinion. And that's what rubs people off, rubs Kyrie off the wrong way is that he, he's honest and he doesn't, he doesn't care what you think. And yep. he, he made a, he had a quote, I forget exactly what it was, but he said something like the media asked him, are you nervous about like the perception you're going to give off? And I think it was Brooklyn when you first got to the Nets and he said, if we worry so much about how people perceive us, we won't per- we won't perceive ourselves correctly. And I love that statement because it shows that he's just true to who he is and doesn't care. 
exactly. And intelligent when it comes to, you know, just the personality and um, just the way he speaks and the way yeah. he sees things. Yeah, and, and everything. I, but <laughs> it's just with like, all that aside, from a basketball standpoint, if he's not gonna play, he's useless. Just from a basketball standpoint, that is. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure he also had a quote that was like, maybe the first season in Brooklyn before the pandemic, he was like, you know, that's my harsh leadership. If you don't like it, it is what it is. And like, I think he just he gets it from Kobe, obviously. But like, I remember Stephen A. said when. I forget if it was – it might have been last year when he was out with his sister and his dad and he was missing games. I don't think it was about the vaccine. I think it was about that. Oh, uh, it was like his, it was someone's birthday party and yeah. he, like, stepped away from the Nets. Yeah, and then I think, like, Stephen A. was saying, like, how do you think Kobe Bryant would view this? Do you think he'd be proud of you? And, like, I agree with that. Absolutely. Yeah, or not, right. even just, not even just Kobe. Like, rest in peace, Kobe. Like, a legend. But not even just him, like anyone. Like, if you if you if you're in a Nets front office spot or a Nets teammate, and you and you get you tell them you have to step away for mental like health. I don't even know. If, I don't think that was the reason. I just think they step away just to clear his head or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's fine. But then, as a teammate, if you see he's going out playing parties while I'm working in the gym trying to get better, trying to win a championship, it you, you're gonna lose a little bit of the locker room. And not to mention the season before when he's calling out the teammates as well. I mean, uh, yeah, well, I'm pretty, that, I'm pretty... That, that, that factors back into him just saying whatever he wants. Sometimes it bites him. Being but... a poor leader, too. And, yeah, I'm pretty sure most of those guys were gone, or at least yeah. a solid amount of them. But it's like, still, come on, man. You, you put that in their head. And you're talking to New York media, nonetheless. The biggest media outlet in – the world. <laughs> yeah, even even though, I mean, hate to break it to a lot of fans, they will always be the little brothers of the Knicks just because of the market. Yes, like sir. The, the Clippers will always be little to the Lakers. The Mets will always be little to the Yankees, even though Steve Cohen's making a push. Yeah, that's um, coming from Mr. Matt himself. Yeah. Uh, like, there's, there's just certain markets that just stay that way, and it's nothing against the Nets. The Nets are a better team, and no question. Just getting to that, do you think the Nets have become a little underrated? Considering in Phoenix's rise, I think people will look past them. Underrated might be like too harsh and too real of a term. But like I think it's more so like, okay, people, you know, we don't want you to win this way. Yeah. We saw how you guys kind of got screwed last year with KD's half a size big shoe. Yeah, we don't want you guys. A smaller foot. Yeah. So, like, I would say people, since they're, like, the new Warriors, and, like, obviously it's just hate and hopeful of breakup, people are just looking past them. You know, people know they could easily win it. I think, you know, if not the Warriors, it's them. But – I do think they need Kyrie, and like they've shown it in a lot of clutch situations. They did last year. Harden is obviously a lot more healthy now, and he stepped up his play as the season has gone through these first twenty games. But like, 
they definitely have a better second unit. Pa- Patty Mills sprays. Aldridge goes off. He went off against the Celtics uh, the day before Thanksgiving. Uh, who else? Uh, Millsap. And they're just deep. Bembry can run both ends of the floor. It's just like, yeah, they're still that villain. They're still scary. But now the Warriors are back in 16 shape where they're like, oh, we missed you. Yeah, because we missed you. Win 73 games again. Like, yeah, it's not even like we missed you. It's like, oh, like, oh, it's great to have you guys back and like <laughs> feeding the Nets and like being these good guys now. And like, you know, I was preaching over the past two years, even when they didn't make the play in or when they lost to the Lakers last year and the year before when Steph was hurt and they were just had a down year, I was like, man, wait until they're together. Like champion degree doesn't go away. And like, especially Steve Kerr, like Draymond Green, um, Steph getting clay back, Jordan Poole's progression, Andrew Wiggins loves being in the system and they got Iguodala back. And I was like, man, they're going to be fun this year. And I think, I think for the Nets, like um, you're like talking about the Warriors, like taking over, and I think the Steph's more likable, so they gravitate towards that. And I also think people see that Kyrie's not playing, and they had a weird off season with that, and people just want to label the fact that they're in shambles. Mm-hmm. But they're fifteen and six, and top the uh, Eastern Conference, second to the Bulls. I mean, I'm second is the Bulls, who are fifteen and eight, and. Yeah, so, like, I, I just think it's expected now. So, like, no one's going to talk about them at the level that they should, even though we should expect this from Golden State. And people still talk about it. It's probably – it's because, the, like I said, Curry's more fun. He's Everyone loves seeing that dude shoot. And they're more flashy. The ball moves. And, like, it's not like a nitty-gritty Eastern Conference team. And I feel like it's just more – it's more like eye candy. So, I feel like they get more – um, uh, more love, even though they deserve it, they both deserve it, and so that's why that's why I think the Nets are underrated, just because of the fact of they're kind of like the villain of the league now. Absolutely, and like it's just that's how it was with the Warriors. It's like it was KD and the Warriors, and now it's the Nets and Kyrie, <laughs> yeah. and the Nets, and you know what they think about him and like what their real feelings are. And like, are they really pushing that hard to trade him? How hard are they pushing? Like it's, is he ever going to get the shot? And yeah, it's the question continues to wait for an answer. Yeah. Um, to a team that I think is a little um, in a weird spot, kind of like the Knicks, but, caught a lot of heat early on is the Boston Celtics and that's your team. <laughs> so I'm going to let you run the show for this one. But um, the, I have a couple comments just new coach. You got to give it time. Can we stop with Jason Tatum? He's going to be a superstar. Can we stop? <laughs> the dude is I, the first word that comes to my mind when I hear Jason Tatum is special. He just, he does things that they, he, when you watch him play, you just look up and go, this guy is 25. Like he just it it seems so fluid and so like in sync. It doesn't like he's not gonna like. I mean, he dunked on LeBron, but that's like his that 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 like like stamped himself in the league almost. But 
he doesn't like take like the fadeaway three like Steph or dunk on you like Westbrook on a regular regular basis. He just like goes through his moves, post moves, step backs, just and I swear his shots never hit the rim either. Like he it's just everything looks so smooth. And uh so I'll let you take away the Celtics. I am a Knicks fan, so not the biggest fan of the Celtics, but um <laughs> you, I know you have a lot to say. Yeah, I was there at opening night, like I told you and I can't wait to run that matchup back, but it was, uh, yeah. And I love how you talked about how fluent his game is. And I've been saying it since he was a rookie and it's, it, he was trained by him the summer going into his sophomore season. It's just, he looked so much like Kobe Bryant and he says it himself. He grew up as a kid in St. Louis. He's like, I want to be Kobe. Like, he didn't care about playing. He wanted to be him. And, you know, people say Devin Booker can be the closest thing to him. Um, It's just Kyrie even a little bit, one of another one of his mentees. But, uh, yeah, Tatum, you see, not even just, like, he's got a wicked handle now, the step back three. As a fan, I do wish he would go to the basket more. And, like, that was his biggest thing. And, I was listening maybe like a week or two ago, the Hoop Collective with Brian Winhurst and Tim Bompem. Shout out them. Um, they were talking about the our two teams, the Knicks and Celtics, and they were like, can they get out of their slumps? And this was – they were talking about Tatum's like – they are like, he takes a lot of bad shots. And I'm like, he does. And – He makes them, said, though. Yeah, a lot. But they said like his – like they did, like his foot from the bat, like his how far from the basket season by season. And I mean, two weeks ago, whatever this was, like it was the furthest in his fifth year. Like his, like the amount of shots he would take, I, I, fifteen feet out or something like that. Like that was like his average, and like it went from like thirteen, fourteen, fifteen to like that. I want to say around there and it's yeah for Boston you know that's what I'm appreciating about them now is what I've been saying the most is they look like an actual team and last year was just not a year to remember and it just feels good and because think about it like I said they relied so much on Kemba Walker and he couldn't even play back-to-backs he couldn't play consistently or stay consistent and it's like they lost Gordon Hayward and they only had Evan Fournier for 17 games in COVID, and he wasn't that great. And it's like their best, their next best weapon was like rookie Peyton Pritchard, and like whoever else can step up a good game for them. And now there's Def. First of all, I, I've heard analysts say this, and I agree. You look at them last year, and you're like, you guys were so soft, and they they were like for an organization that's always defensive minded, they were so bad. I don't think I've ever seen them play that bad on that. And it's like, bring in depth, you bring in versatility, you bring in Ime Udoka, who Jalen, Jason and Marcus wanted from the team USA select camp. And he's about that bully ball. He's about that toughness. And he's about grit and defense. He ran the defense in Philadelphia and Brooklyn, uh, Brooklyn last year for, the year of the bubble and you know he's it's just 
they could play a lot of ways and they're like a really likable roster. And it's, you know, they come into the season, like I said, the Horford trade worked out beautifully. And I noticed as soon as he played and it's what he does, he averages almost two blocks. Let's look at their numbers. 19th in points. Versatility. It just leads to easy baskets. Um, Eighth in opponent's points. They were like a top three team defensively. They slipped a little bit. They're between like eight and ten now. Uh, Grant Williams, who was awful in his sophomore year. Yeah, he got, like, he got a little heavy, and then he lost a bunch yeah. of weight. And he that's what he said. He was like, I've gained the weight to play the five, and he lost it. And now he like actually has like the corner three stretch four role, who reminds me a lot like Draymond Green, because he knows the right play, and he's intelligent. And he shoots 50, 40, 90 now, 43 to be exact. And he averages almost 10 a game on the road. Rob Williams, who they extended, you know, this was a no-brainer because he shows that when his durability is held up and he's healthy, he's a force. He put up, like, I think he had nine blocks in the playoffs against the Nets. He fills the stat sheet. He passes well. He gets steep. Like, he could play like a guard if needed, and that's not even, like, shooting jumpers or anything like that. It's just, like, defensively and, you know, passing on the perimeter. And not to get a little sidetracked, but when they beat Philadelphia the other night, I tweeted that. I said, that's what makes them so elite defensively. Like, one of the first reasons is him and Horford playing together, who Al has always loved Rob since his rookie year when Al used to be on the team, and now he sees him progress. He goes to Philadelphia, says, you know, he has a bright future. He sees him progress. He comes back. Now they play together. And now they work yeah. together. And it's it's awesome. And they start together. They could switch anywhere defensively. Like I said, they were both one of the league leaders in blocks early on. They could guard guards. And we saw how Rob Williams closed out on Georges Niang. And how he blocked that shot. It's They could block up anyone and block anyone. And it's not even just them too. Dennis Schroeder's becoming one of my favorite players and like comparing him to Kemba last year has just been awesome. He's putting up almost 17, five assists or almost five assists. Um, shooting 43, 33. I thought it was better from the outside. 89 from the, from the stripe. He's gritty. He's clutch. He picks up defenders in the full court or people on offense in the full court. Again, something I never saw. Ken. He's mm-hmm. I also tweeted this, like, if he's turned on the Jets and he's playing fast, like, going to the Cup, he's pretty much unguardable. He's a very underrated defender. He comes yeah. up in the clutch, and I just feel like <clears throat> he's just a great fit. And just because he could pass when he drives inside as well, like, he feeds bigs inside the paint really well. And... <laughs> As a fan, like, I've been keeping it in my head. I don't want to say it, but, like, I was saying coming into the year or the beginning of the season, what's going to drive them is him, Horford, and the other, you know, newest acquisition, Josh Richardson, and their experience. And him and Horford have been driving them. And what I was going to say, what I was keeping in my head is, you know, extend them. I'm ready. I don't care if yeah. I was 35, but Josh mm-hmm. Richardson, elite defender, 46 from the field, nine, uh, three rebounds. He could run anyone down at transition. He glasses a lot of people. 
people have those games like a Sunday in Toronto this past Sunday, 15 points in like 27 minutes, a plus 23. We missed him back from the flu, was out a few games. <clears throat> Horford averages 12, 8, and 3, almost two blocks. He shoots 45. Definitely thought he was shooting better than 30 from the outside. Um, the pick and pop, that's his game. It's just – it's how through, like, him and Rob can play through the offense, like I said, with their passing. And, and it's just – that's what I love so much. And Jalen hasn't been himself since coming back. He hasn't played the correct amount of minutes. And he was grimacing his hamstring the other night against Philadelphia. He's out tonight. He'll take a rest against Utah. We have Portland tomorrow. I'm sorry. Have Portland tomorrow, and um, so maybe they just wanted to rest them for back to back. But yeah, it's the new look of the team, the elite defense, the coach. It's another thing I didn't add about him. They love his playing experience, and he's always, like I said, he was a gritty guy as well. And it's the guys off the bench that I don't expect, like and his freedom. Even finally, like he said beginning of the season like he kind of put something on social media about him being limited on the court like Udoka finally gave him his chance now he's played in every game since I was gonna say you brought him here for a reason he had a decent year in Portland he's an offensive weapon one of the best in the league at the end of the day and then you got guys like Grant like I said and Romeo Langford when he gets court time and Aaron Neesmith who will continue to progress whenever he's out there and you're just that much deeper and, like, they're a likable team. Like, I don't think they've had this deep of a team in a while since probably Kyrie and them were on the team, I'd say. Yeah, if you um, if you look at their record, they're 12-10. and 10. They're in the A spot for the first time in a while. <laughs> the Eastern Conference seems to be better than the West. I mean, I'm looking at it right now. I like Indiana's team. They're 9-15, but they're 13. There's two teams in the Eastern Conference that I don't think have good rosters. Then you go in the West, and we're <laughs> going to get to a game after this. There's 10 teams that have 10 wins, and, like, the Kings just fired their coach. The Spurs don't really have a great roster. The Thunder, we'll get to them in a minute. Um, Pelicans, um, I don't know. They're just, I don't know why they don't win. And the Rockets are rebuilding. But outside of that, like, I'm sorry. The Grizzlies are the five seed. They're twelve and ten. And the Thunder are the thirteen seed. They're six and sixteen. That still doesn't mean you should lose a game one fifty two to seventy nine. I didn't watch the game, Rob. But <laughs> how does like especially like like after in the first half at the at halftime, it was seventy two to thirty six. They almost outscored them in one half. And it's like, oh well, you know, like they'll 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 win the game like one twenty to like ninety three, like like it'll get a little closer. Yeah, I don't even think that's closer. I think it's bad math. Yeah, I'm not a math major for a reason. But um, how do you lose a game? Was uh, fifty two twenty nine? Was seventy three points? How do you lose a game by seventy three points and only one guy in the Grizzlies scored over twenty? Yeah, how do you? I don't, I don't know. That's just as a Thunder fan, I'd be miserable. Like, I mean, how do you do? Yeah, that? and I, I agree with you. It's I didn't watch the game either, and I think the best part about it was seeing people tweet about it. Like, 
my god, Draymond, for example, he was like seventy three. That, that that should be a fine. fine. Yeah. yeah, and it's it just goes to show where the organization's headed. I guess. I mean, Memphis can be entertaining. John Morant's special this year. I know he's been out. Um, they got pieces. They got Dylan Brooks, Desmond Bain, uh, DeAnthony Melton could have games. Yeah, I just um, Jared Jack or Stephen Adams. The Grizzlies are a good team and all. I just seventy three points. Like, come on, man! Like, that's, I know. I know. I'm how not, do you do that? In no way am I trying to like act like they're anything that special. I just it just goes to show yeah. where OKC is and how they could be separated from the rest, which they are, and um, it'll yeah, show I'm, in the draft results. Uh, yeah, but it's like they they got a hit on these picks though. Like they have a gazillion picks. They got a hit on them, and yep. like they they have like. They traded for Shea Gildas Alexander, who I think is super underrated. Josh Giddy looks okay. Lucan Stort really came on the scene a couple years ago, and he's pretty good. It's been so nice you, this year. They have pieces, but I don't know. <laughs> 73 points. I, I would not feel good about that. Oh, we're not going to spend too much time on that because, wow, I don't even know if I can watch the highlights of that game. But um, <laughs> we're going to move on to a guy that uh, Rob really likes. I actually pinned him as a possible face of the NBA in a couple of years in an article I wrote last year, right before the season started, like the uh, the um, shortened season that is because of COVID, and uh, that's Lamelo Ball. He is averaging in his last ten. He's averaging twenty one, nine point seven and seven point nine, nine point seven assists, seven point nine rebounds. I just he just he's just really good. Like he is going to be. He's like. He's kind of like Luka, like Luka Doncic, just because he's from Europe. No, he's not. He's not European, but he played like overseas. Yeah, he he's like he's skilled. He's tall. His his skill set's different, but like it's just like it gives me the same vibe as like what uh what Luka did in a way. Yeah, and like first of all, great analysis and insight from you to be writing that before his rookie season and also yeah. look up his last 10 games because I did as well. Yeah, if you want uh, to check that check that article out, sportslibrary.tech is the uh, website. Um, that's right. I will put the link in the uh, subscription, the uh, description to this, um, this podcast. And uh, yeah, I'm going to prove you all right. And because uh, I'm sure I'm, I'm very excited that I got that I hit on that. Yeah, and I'll put the link to my blog as well, but yeah, he's special. I mean, kind of like how Lonzo was. Like people, people knew he'd be better than Lonzo, and people they didn't want to get like too ahead of him quick before he played. They knew like, okay, he's gonna shut everybody up. But just knowing like, you know, he's a bit of a celebrity, like his family, and like, let's see. I remember seeing the big thing was like he wasn't a speaker as a kid. Like and I would see yeah. it myself, like when he would do interviews on Sports Center, like he I could definitely see it. And you like he would he was I don't want to give comparisons, but like he just you could tell he just wasn't speaking like he was like about to be a professional. And obviously it doesn't matter today. Cause, yeah, he's only twenty years old. Yeah, and he's a what was he, probably eighteen, nineteen at this time. He's probably a younger talent. too. Probably a little younger too. Yeah, and yeah, 27 boards on the year, 8 assists, uh, 41.8 from the field, 39 from three, 
90 from the stripe. His last four, 20.8, 12 assists, seven boards, 42 and 40. He's all-star. I think Charlotte's a very, one of the, I'd say one of the most entertaining teams in the league entering that discussion. I've always, first of all, I've always loved Hayward and Rozier. Let me just get. I just when I when I hear Gordon Hayward, I just I picture that injury, and it just it scares me every time he jumps. It scares me. Absolutely, and again, I'm not trying to sound like a homer, but like Gordon, ever since then, you know, he came out the next year with Kyrie. He was slow on his movements, but yeah, also probably in the back of his head too. Like like, oh, if I make one wrong movement, like, is this going to happen again? Yeah, and he. He's that's what's special about him is he's the definition of a point forward. He brings up the ball, he rebounds, he passes, he shoots 50 or at least close to it. He's super efficient, he can shoot well from three. He's an exceptional defender. He's one of the more underrated guys in the league. And I've always loved Rozier because when the Celtics and Danny Ainge drafted him, you know, they had a lot of point guards on their depth chart, or at least a few. They had Isaiah Thomas at the time, and they still had. Marcus Smart entering his third or second year. And I want to say maybe my guy Evan Turner was on the team too, but um, that guy was like the epitome of role player. (laughs) It's my boy. He follows me on Twitter and tweets at me. Um, That's pretty cool. What was it? Uh, But Terry, like you could see from the jump at Louisville, his explosiveness, his athleticism, he could throw down ferocious dunks. He upgraded his shooting through his Celtics first four years or however long it was. I think it was four. Yeah. I believe it was. And then once he was due to get paid, he went to Charlotte. I kind of thought maybe, you know, if Kyrie was walking, maybe they'd re-sign him to the unrestricted offer. But they used him in the sign and trade for Kemba, which the trade we lost. Like Jordan knew best because apparently Kemba had those knee issues since like 2015, and like it was a bit of a secret, or at mm-hmm. least it wasn't. It was on the low, and they made the move, and uh, yeah, paid off for Jordan and the Hornets. It's just he's a great fit, and he's another guy on my fantasy team. And he started out slow. He's got ankle issues here and there, not really consistent, but like. He started out averaging like 14, 15 a game. Now he's like 17, 18. He's a, what I've, what I loved about him in Boston was he's like rich for a 6 2, 6 3 guard. And he's not, it's not like he's he got like, big. Yeah. It's, it's not like he's got like a build like Westbrook. And mm-hmm. like, I do say he's explosive. I wouldn't say like vintage, vintage Derek Rose, John Wall, Russell Westbrook explosive, but. He skies for boards, dude. Like, he's got hops. He snatches those things. He's got a handle. He's got a little, like, herky-jerky to his game. He's smooth. Like, he's just such a nice point guard. And I was so happy when he got one of those paid from the Hornets and became one of the highest-paid point guards in the league this year. I'm happy it's, like, finally showing that he deserved it. And he definitely has a great, bright future. Similar to the Celtics, they're they're ninth place. They're thirteen and eleven. They're ninth place. Like in the mm-hmm. Western Conference, they'd be in fifth and sixth. Like and the East is just, good that, now. 
finally, and like the Cavs are good. I get a lot of Cavs Twitter because I'm a Browns fan. Yeah, I know, sad face, right? But um, I get a lot of Cavs Twitter, and they're all excited about it. And I like, I mean, Colin Sexton's out now, but Garland's good. Evan Mobley's good. Jared Allen, I've I've always been a fan of Jared Allen. Mm-hmm. So they got a good squad. And like the East is good. And it's good for basketball because it's finally more even. There's not a clear winner this year. And, yeah, I, I, I like that a lot. And um, that's, that's going to show in Friday's game. So we're going to wrap up this episode. We're going to pick We're gonna pick Friday's game. Rob, you want to pick all the games or you want to do the relevant ones? Um, we can do all of them if you want. Yeah. I'll be, um, we're going to start off with Phoenix and Golden State. Um, what's your pick, Rob? I gotta go with the Warriors, right? I mean, yeah, not I trying to just be biased for them. I like I said, I love the Suns too, but I don't see them losing two in a row at the Chase Center. Like I said before, Curry, I won't be surprised if he puts up forty plus, his ten or assists or rebounds, whatever it may be, gets the steals. I see them winning. I see it being a close game. Uh. Yeah, I mean, it's not like the Suns can't win, but like, I, I, I think it'd be hard to imagine. I must say. I also say, um, with Booker out, like he's out a couple games, Devin Booker. And yeah, that is right. So now going play. into the game, we know he's not playing. So like that, that changes the way the Warriors are going to attack it. They don't have to adjust on the fly. And yeah, there is no way if Steph Curry doesn't shoot like the lights out of the ball, I'd be very surprised because he very rarely has off games. And credit to the Suns on that part, but I agree with you. They're at home. You also got to remember the Suns are on a long winning streak, 18 games, but they're also coming off a back-to-back, I believe. Yeah, last night they beat the the Pistons, so take that as you will. But <laughs> I take the Warriors here. Um, I think it'll be close, but I feel like it's going to feel like the Warriors will be in, in charge the entire time. Like, it's going to be, like, the opposite of Tuesday's game. It's going to be Chris Paul is going to struggle and um, Bridges will and Aiton is going to struggle. I feel like it's going to flip because Golden State's too good to not adjust. And Phoenix is just riding so high right now, they're bound to lose one game. Yeah, and... Like but they're going to be in a dogfight the entire year, those two teams. Can you hear me, Rich? Yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, my bad. I was just wondering because I saw, like, a spam call coming mm-hmm. in. But uh, No, you're good. Yeah, he, he um, like Steve Kerr, like, I, like you just said, it's hard to see this big of a win streak go beyond this. And it's just both two coaches that can make great adjustments. And I think Steve Kerr, Steve Kerr prevails tonight. And another – the bench that I didn't mention, Otto Porter Jr. has been pretty solid. For yeah, him, and he was a great fit. I thought, like, like we said the other day, Kavon Looney getting plenty of experience. I think I wanted him on Boston a couple years ago, and they're looking for big help. But yeah, this is going to be a special game. It's a good doubleheader, you know, playoff rematch, Atlanta and uh, Philly down in Atlanta, and then. Suns Warriors at the Chase Center in San Francisco. Or Oakland. Is it Oakland or San Francisco? Nah, San Francisco. Who's that? Where the I think that Warriors. The Warriors? 
new arena is in San Francisco? Uh, hmm. I'm not sure. I know they're not in Oakland. Yeah, I think they're they're yeah they're on the Bay. I know it's gonna bother me, Rich. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure. But um, besides that point, uh, we're just gonna run through the games. We just wanted to give a little insight on that one because we feel like it's the biggest game of the night. San we're Francisco. San Francisco. San Francisco. Okay. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> we're gonna, there's, they got some good teams. Niners, Giants, Warriors. Yep. Damn. Must be nice. New York teams stink. Yeah. But um, we're going to run through the games. Um, Miami, Indiana, who you got winning? I think this will be a good We know the Heat are a little banged up. I don't know Butler's status for tonight. I think he's just day-to-day. I don't know if he's playing tonight or not. Bam, that's a huge loss. But what we've seen out of the Heat is some resilience. Um, I'd have to look up how they've done in their past recent games, numbers-wise. Um, Butler's out Friday. Okay. Tonight, so, that is. Duncan Robinson, I know he sh- shot very poorly last game. And then you got guys like Hero, who's having an awesome year. Kyle Lowry, who I love. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a, probably the position of the summer, you could argue. Um the young guys step up. Gabe Vincent, uh, Max Struess. Uh, I don't think that guy, Octal, plays a lot, or I could be wrong. Center Yurtsevin. But Dwayne Deadmon eats some minutes with Bam at Bam. Uh, Bam out of the lineup. Um, Indiana is also great, just like them. Uh, I don't think they've been playing pretty poorly, as you can see in the record. Is anyone out for them? Sabonis is still awesome. Fills the stat sheet. Yeah. Um, I think the only guy that's out is TJ Warren. I was just going to say, you know, he's been out for He's been out for like two years, now. it feels like. Yeah, I was going to say, it might be two years. Um, Since bubble TJ Warren. <laughs> yeah, and... but um, I think uh, Miami wins this game. I just think they're a better team, better coached. Yeah, and... I, I'll, I'd pick them yeah. on the road, I guess. And, like... Indiana's just too untrustworthy. You got good pieces there. You got the rookie Quis, Quis, Chris Duarte. You got yeah. Lover, who hasn't really been himself. Uh, Miles Turner, always in trade rumors. But, yeah, I'll go with the Heat. You can never be in doubt. That's always a good matchup when the two face each other. Back to when they played in the playoffs when LeBron was on the team. Yeah, um... So, next game, Cleveland-Washington. It's a pretty good game. I think Washington wins. Um, they just – Beal's good. I think – I just think – I don't think anyone's going to be able to, like, like stop him. Like, and I think both teams are fully healthy. Yeah, Thomas Bryant is hurt, he hasn't played all year. Just Sexton, like you said, I think. Yeah, just Sexton. But outside of that, I mean, yeah, I just think – I'd say Washington here. They're the favorites. They're at home. And um, they're fourteen and eight, which is surprising. They are coming off a win on Wednesday, so mm-hmm. yeah, I think they win tonight. I think they beat the Cavs. We lost to them twice this year, I believe. I'm sorry, the Celtics again. I have a really bad habit of that. Um, yeah, they. I like them a lot. I wrote about them last week. They got an actual team now themselves. I don't know how long this hot streak will last and how we'll be up there, but. You know, uh, Beal, like you said, Dinwiddie coming off the ACL injury. He's been solid. He puts up like 15 a game. Um, he could have games where he has big offensive night. They have 
a great defensive center who can kind of fill the stat sheet, everything in the paint, at least with Daniel Gafford. Montrez Harrell has shown plenty of improvements. He still is a little lackadaisical on defense, like how he was with the Lakers, but like he's still a beast when it comes to blocking shots and bringing energy on that end. Could score in the paint at will. He just he's another guy who can give you like a game where he puts up, as we've seen recently, a lot of like twenty five and like twelve plus boards. And then who am I forgetting? Caldwell Pope. Also been a nice piece for them. I don't know his averages, but I know he's had some decent games better than how he's been in L.A. the last two years. I mean, he's always been a great defender, but he's bringing it on the offensive end. He's a shooter. Um, forget me. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I'll so we, we agree uh, Washington gets this win? Yeah, I'll give Washington. Yeah. Um, next game we're going to talk about. Kuzma, uh, I forgot to say Kuzma. Yeah, that's right. He's been exceptional this year. Like, obviously, he's been better than the Lakers, but it's like he's just a great rebounder. And, like, you're never going to see a lot of 20-plus point outings from him. And him really oh, – oh, I thought it's a three-point percentage. 42 from the field, 35 from three. That's solid. He's never going to yeah. have a bunch of games where he strokes it from out there, but he'll give you a good amount of double-doubles and have – Night three puts up 10 plus boards, like 15 points. And he's a solid player looking to find new life, and I'm happy for him. And yeah, I like Washington tonight. Yeah. Um, uh, next game, we got Philly Atlanta, just real quick, just so we could run through these. Um, I like Philly here. Yeah, I like Philly here. Better defensive team. Just need to be able to lock them up. Uh, who do you got, real quick? I'll go with Philly. I think it'll be a really good game. Uh, I think they're going to be hungry after the game in Boston. Two big road yeah. games for them there in TD. And then here tonight in Atlanta, they're both mm-hmm. in, kind of right next to each other when it comes to, like, defense, I believe. And yeah. I'm not sure where they rank on offense, but, yeah, I'll go with the Sixers. I think it'll be a real close one. We'll pick the Sixers in yeah. the fourth quarter. Yeah, and um, so Minnesota-Brooklyn, I'm picking the upset here. I think Minnesota wins this game. <laughs> I think – I don't know. They've just been – very like what do you call it I don't know Anthony Edwards is super exciting and I'm gonna have some fun here Minnesota is better than we think I'm taking them over Brooklyn I'd like to agree with you I don't know if I can I wish I could but (laughs) you're right they have a a nice fun big three D'Angelo Russell has been having a nice year Carl Anthony Towns is himself Anthony Edwards like you said about Barrett before, <clears throat> is going to be a star. And very tough to see at Barclays Center, I must say. But yeah, well, I'm going to go with the Nets, but I think it'll be a close game. We'll see about that next week. Mm-hmm. By the way, um, this podcast is going to come out every Friday, and we will be doing picture every Friday's game. We're going to keep track of them, and we're going to see who's got the better record. So. Absolutely. And uh, so next game, uh, dude, I'm not talking about this one. I was going to give my pick. Orlando, Houston. Orlando. Pick Houston yep. You're picking Orlando? Yeah. I'm, I'm picking Houston because they're home. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I mean, could be, you know, just basically just, just, a 60 point in the 60s we could see in the fourth quarter maybe. 
Yeah, I'm not. I'm just kidding. I think it could be a good game, but I'll, I'll pick the Magic. And yeah, I, it's it's if, a laughable matchup. If any team was going to lose by seventy, it'd be one of these two. And uh, yep. Jalen Suggs is out. Jalen Green's out. I think. Mm-hmm. Who's he been, says he's hurt here? So who hasn't been has expected to? Yeah. So both both of the guys we want to see play probably aren't going to play. Yeah, I'm picking Houston. Not much to say. Don't kind of like one of the games that like you're just see on NBA, the NBA channel for no reason. Uh, yeah, so that would be fun for us. Though a little wager we got, not money wise, just like bragging rights. Um, you got Orlando, I got Houston. Moving to the next game, Dallas, New Orleans. Another game. I mean, Dallas is just so much better than the Pelicans. Yeah, I'll so go I'm going to take Dallas. Yeah, Luka is going to have a massive game. No is Porzingis playing? Do we know? Uh, who knows what that guy? He's sorry. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, he's doubtful. Left knee uh, contusion. I was so. gonna say, I think he might be. <laughs> yeah, he's been playing well, but you know that's just Porzingis. He just can't stay healthy, and it's frustrating for him. And I feel for him in that sense. But yeah, Dallas is still better than New Orleans. I think Dallas was this game. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, you got Dallas too. Yep, I agree with you on that one. And uh, I'm sorry, but uh, Utah, Boston, I'm taking Utah. Uh, they're home, they're healthier, and uh, yeah, I mean they're they're used to Mike Conley being hurt. Although he's been playing, so <coughs> it says he's hurt here, but we'll see. Even regardless, I think Mitchell Gobert will be too much for uh, Boston, especially with Jalen Brown out. I think it'll be a good game, but I think Utah wins, especially at home. You know, Boston coming off an emotional win. That's that they very much needed. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't blame you for taking that pick. It's a tough. This is where I saw Brad Stevens said this is where and he uses this. Is, he uses this line a lot, and like I kind of like it. I guess it's we're gonna find the real version of ourselves over these next stretches. This next stretch of games. After Philly, as we can see, they have this West Coast swing. And it could be tough tonight without Jalen, obviously. Yeah. And also, um, Utah has in place since Monday. Hmm. Yeah. Very well Which rested. Which is weird. Three days off is weird. Yeah. Very well rested. And, you know, hopefully Rob Williams and Al Horford are ready for Rudy Gobert. I'm looking for the Celtic stats on the road. But you can continue. I, I'm going to pick the Celtics. You know that. But Yeah, I feel a little biased. <laughs> you know, it's going to hurt your record when Utah wins. But, you know, I, yeah. I respect it. I, I mean, I'll probably for, pick the Knicks next yeah, time. Yeah, for that first time, I'll, I'll, I'll be a homer for that first yeah. episode. And I'll go with and, Boston even without Brown. Yep. Tatum and, um, does his job on the West Coast, yeah. so we'll see. Yeah, he's fine. I just think that Mitchell, O'Neal, Ingles, they're just – um, if Conley plays Bogdanovich, Gobert, just they have so much talent, and they're like I said, they're well rested. Boss coming off a emotional win, West Coast. It's just it's 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 not a bit, it's not a good spot for Boston, but they'll they'll be all right. Like they, they're gonna start a West Coast trip, right? They play Portland after this. Yeah, Portland tomorrow. Uh, um, they play five straight in the West Coast. Yeah, I know the Lakers Tuesday. Uh, I don't you know if they play Portland. a game in between then. I know they got the Clippers and they got the Suns next yeah, week. They put, yeah, but um, 
Speaking of the Suns, we already went over that game. We both picked them Golden State. And now the game where I hate both teams, both L.A. teams, Clippers, Lakers. I think the Lakers – no, I think the Clippers win this game. I, I'm just very low on the Lakers right now. <laughs> I just think – I think the Clippers are just they, – they, they have a better shot of scoring. Like, they just – even with Kawhi Leonard out, like, Paul George can still shoot. Um, Terrence, Terrence Mann, I like a lot. Yeah. So, they, they just got more – I feel like they just – Got Morton. I mean, even with LeBron back, is, is he playing though? Like, yeah, he, he was probable. Protocols. Yeah, he was so. probable. I, I'm gonna defer you on this one. I'll go to the Lakers just because he's playing. If the Clipper, okay. if he didn't come back, I would pick the Clippers. But I think, yep. You know, many LeBron haters are gonna be mad tonight when good <laughs> stat line, I believe. And yeah, I hopefully uh, I'm we'll not. Have, we'll have that discussion another day. LeBron Jordan. Um, but I, not I'm not going against LeBron necessarily. I'm going against the Lakers. I don't know. I just feel like it's a prime spot for the Clippers to win, coming off a loss. So, yeah. And like, it's not like the home or away matters for either of these teams. No, it's they're both in LA. But I think yeah, they're both in LA. So. Yeah, they both play at Staples. But yeah, so um, crypto crypto.com arena actually. Yeah, but... changed it. I, I mean, people are arguing about it. Like, it's just the business side of basketball. <laughs> Me and Rob don't care too much about that. We just want to make content and just try to entertain you guys for and whoever this reaches. Just enjoy um, the art of the game. Yep. So uh, we're going to wrap up our first episode. Um, if you want, you can follow me on all social media platforms. I am same thing. I'm Richie Dortis on Instagram. I am Richie Dortis on TikTok. I am Richie Dortis one on Twitter. Just put that out there. And uh, Rob, you want to plug any of them? Yep. Um, thank you, guys. First of all, thank you. This was awesome. I'm very excited. I had a great first time doing this. This was a great first episode. Um, but yeah, my socials, Instagram and Twitter. You know, everyone knows I live on Twitter. It's just Rob Green MBA. Uh, what we said before, I'll put my name to my blog, the Bleed Green. Yeah, Bleed Green in the description podcast as well even though i'm gonna be doing more of this now yep um also um real quick yeah. uh, just correction my instagram is richie dortis 23 i also have a sports instagram rd sports blogs that is rd sports blogs go follow like comment on the stuff i post a lot of it's my articles so uh yeah rob back to you that's pretty much it I had a great yep. time man this was awesome yep. and yeah go give us a follow we'll be back to give you Yep. This will be posted on SoundCloud and Spotify at least. I'm going to we're going to look to um, branch it out onto Apple hopefully soon, and we're going to look to get some uh, video on this too. We just got to figure out how we're going to do that, whether it's in the same spot, uh, Zoom, cameras. We're, we'll figure it out. But for now, you get to listen to our voices, and thank you for everyone listening. And see you guys next time. All right. See you guys.